You're listening to Rebel Radio. Do dope shit. I just saw your uh, your story about bringing on the yogi. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I don't know if there's a difference between yogi and yoga, like a yoga instructor. Is a what is a yogi? Is a yogi a yoga instructor? I'm not sure if that's a slang term or if it's like a legit term, but like somebody who practices yoga is referred to as a yogi, but I'm not sure if that's offensive to the community. So I don't want to. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like language is important. And I, I know, right. I uh, don't know. I, um, but yes, I did hire my first hire, a yoga instructor. Makes sense, right? <laughs> that's, no, like that's so, that's so good because like to my point, as we were talking about like five minutes ago, it's like people automatically have an image in their brain as to, okay, it's like, I have to get in shape. I have to lose weight. The holidays are coming and their first image. And I'm sure everybody that's listening would be like, I have an image in my brain, which is going to the gym six days a week, sweating my butt off, feeling exhausted, sore, eating low carb calorie restriction. And there's, and that's the only idea and perception of how you get in shape physically. And, and can I stop you there? Because I want to explore this if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we get curious about what you just said there? Because you na- you nailed something that's got layers. Oh, so if so, it yeah. feels okay, like let's get curious about the layers there. Yeah, let's do it. So when somebody has all this, all these things that they want to do, right? And check off, what do you think? they're really asking for like what is the underlying need in your experience when it comes to that because for me I'd say it's they're asking for competency right they they want to feel competent again so they take on all of these things that they want to do like must do all these things so that they can feel that sense of competency or confidence in themselves again so it's like interesting if we could get curious about yeah. that. I don't know if that lands for you, but it could be a million different things, you know? In my perspective, when when somebody makes a decision to, whether it's like get in shape, I think we'll leave it just as like someone who, who decides to get in shape. I think for me, what they're really seeking is some level of validation, whether it's from themselves or from others. They're, they're missing something in their life that they think fitness is gonna solve. Now I could be wrong, but, and, and again, like I may be projecting my own biases onto this topic, but, I, but something, cause I, I've been working with, with clients for 15 years as a coach, not my own personal journey, but like as a coach. And the common theme that I get is that people are seeking some sort of validation because for the longest time, a lot of my clientele uh, was women. A lot of, like a lot of women came to my gym because we did a lot of marketing for, for women fitness because it's a big market. And like the common denominator was just women seeking validation. And like, <laughs> I'll say this openly, but like I've had a lot of female clients feel comfortable with me and it, it like I, I can sense from a male perspective that they're seeking validation and um uh what's the word they're, they're seeking um they want to be noticed and because I'm a male I can sense that that energy 
Does that make sense? Well, the, it, if it makes sense to you, see, the thing is, it's like you can always do this cool U-turn, right? When it comes to how you're seeing someone else, mm-hmm. like when a client comes in and you see and and you think like they're displaying a need for validation, it's like, okay, what's your relationship with validation within yourself? Like, is it good? Is it bad? Does it need some work? Does it need, is it something that needs we need to get more curious about. Yeah. Like that's, there is no right or wrong way to do it. You know, that's the cool part. There's no wrong way to do, to do that work, but it's, but it's something that I'm learning every single day and practicing every day. It's like if a client um, displays something and I pick it up as needing validation or I pick it up as needing competency, it also comes down to my ability as a coach and I'm sure this lands for you to be able to discern between wants and needs. Yeah. So like, uh, uh, unpack yeah. that for me because you talked about it in your story, like a few minutes ago. So unpack needs versus wants. Cause that, those are two different things, Right. but for a lot of people, it sounds very similar. It's like needs and wants kind of go hand in hand. So can you unpack that a little bit? Sure. I could Cause try. I'm curious, cause I'm curious, <laughs> because like, I could get even, curious about it. Yeah. Even so, I don't know how to discern. Right. Needs and wants. So, the cool part about um, certain services for coaching, like for me, someone can sit down on a FaceTime with me, they can sit down on a Zoom call with me, or we can be in person. Now, when you can hold space for someone else, like how we're holding space for each other here in this podcast, you'll notice the person's physiology is going to change. And so that within itself, just holding space for another human being to be able to express themselves is such a service. And it's something that everybody needs. Hmm. So, okay. So then they're in front of you finally, and they feel safe enough to express their wants or their needs. And maybe they don't even know the difference. Maybe they haven't had enough time to just sit and slow down. Maybe their week's been so crazy. They're just like, been going through a new job, new boyfriend, new program, you know, and they're sitting in front of you and you ask them, Hey, what, what do you need this week? How can I help you? You know, like, do you want some help with something? And they spit out something, whatever it is. And then you have to decide, is it a want or is it a need? And this is something you're saying you want to unpack. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's unpack it by, if this feels okay, give me an example, is there a client you can think of in your mind who was like a, a more recent conversation that you've had and you noticed that they were saying that they needed you to do something for them and you had to figure out like, oh, like, is this a want or is this a need? Or is this, is this the right way that they should be leading themselves to this goal? Or can I help somehow give them a better path or like give them a new choice, right? to, to get them towards their goal. Yeah. You know, and that's, and this is where I'm, I'm starting to feel more confident in my coaching now that I'm sort of, now that I've kind of known you and we've kind of talked in the past and I kind of, and I know more about you, like you've opened up my eyes to this whole other side of coaching. It's not just like sets, reps and like diet and meal plans. There's, there's more to it. Right. So I've been trying to figure out what my clients need because they're not going to be flat out and telling me that, or maybe I'm not picking up the cues, but, but for the most part, 
I don't really hear clients tell me I need this or I want this or, or the only wants they have are their outcomes. And so when I'm leading somebody who's like brand new, so I have a client right now who I, who I've been trained for the last uh, two weeks now. Um, it, it's hard to unpack everything we know and, and provide it in a simple, easy to understand framework for them to apply into their life because their life is different than yours, different than mine. And we all carry ourselves differently. And we, and we have these cultural differences. We have these biases and these stories and these beliefs that are all different that how am I supposed to impose my belief systems or, or my methods of training onto somebody who doesn't have the context that I have? And so, sorry, one last thing on that. So, so what I try to do is I have them start with something basic. I see if they're successful with that first. And then I layer on top of that, like, is this enough for their nervous system to sort of comprehend? And does it overwhelm them or does it complement them? And then I just kind of go from there. Does it feel okay if I respond to that? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot there. There's a lot, but, yeah. Uh, something that, that really caught me is like, you know, if we get curious around when we give someone something new, so we're testing their capacity, right? Because we're getting to know them. They're getting to know us. This is a new, new relationship. So this is the dynamic we're talking about when we're coaching with someone. So that's why it's nice. I hear that you do like slower is faster, kind of minimum effective dosage. Or another way would be like subtracting things from their life. Like maybe they come to you and they've got all these things they want to do. They want to do this, 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 this. And then you kind of have to be like, well, that's great. I hear you want to do all those things and we can do all those things. But why don't we start with taking away some stuff? You know, <laughs> like why don't we start there and just kind of bringing them back? It's like that constant turning them back. It's a skill, it's a craft and it's, it's something that we, we need in this world. And so that's why I'm just so grateful to you and to our friends like that do this because we all need each other mm -hmm. to be doing this mm -hmm. and um yeah do you have something to say Sorry. No, no 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 i'm just i'm just saying mm -hmm, as a, as a, I'm, I'm agreeing with you so go ahead um no i just had something in my eye um what's i gonna say oh yeah something else that i heard was like getting curious around what's the right amount to give someone, right? Do you want to talk a little bit about your experience with that? Like that comes from noticing what's yeah. happened when you've given someone too much, you know, because anytime we're giving someone too much, like they're either, it's either going to be where they're going to be up here. I know like we don't have a camera, so it's like, they're going to be displaying some kind of like hyperactivity or they're going to be feeling a little shut down. Like it's too overwhelming. And being, but regardless, like you're still pushing that capacity one way, you're still pushing the capacity period. And then on top of that, they will display a certain behavior and you're kind of like seeing, you know, what behavior that's going to be. Yeah. The part about the coaching that you do is you're working with a person. So you get to dis, you get to create a container 
with the person, a safe, a safe container where you can decide and make a choice on what's the best pathway for this person. And that's something you can't get from when you just go and click and buy a program. Hmm. There's no choice there. Like there's, there's no optionality there. There's not even someone sitting in front of you saying, Hey, do you want to try this pathway? How does that feel? You want some help with this? Okay. Yeah. Here things have been pretty hard for you trying to do all these things. It hasn't really worked out. Why don't we take some of this stuff away? Huh? How does that feel? You know, <laughs> like someone, sometimes people just need, and it's not it being a therapist, it's being a human. Yeah. You know? It's understanding what, what like you would even need in that situation, right? Like even just having compassion with that person and seeing yourself in their shoes and saying like, what would I need right now if I was in their shoes as a beginner and as somebody who doesn't have the competency to do it themselves? Well, they, ha they have the competency to do it themselves. I think it's like, they just want to go through a process, which is is going to make them practice trusting themselves to display this competency, to display going through a process of practicing, asking themselves the question, like, is my value tied in with my body? That's a huge question. That's a lot of unpacking. That's a lot of U-turns you got to do checking in with yourself. Like there's a lot of people who think that the way that they look like represents their value and even unpacking it and just chopping away all the layers at the end of the day, like something I believe is true is we all want to be valuable in some way. Like we have, that's a need we have, like we want to be of value of service in some way, shape or form. And so we'll do things to be able to, to be able to fill that need that we have. Um, I think the lines just get blurred when people start blending like their, their ideas of value in with a body and thinking like, that's going to be the answer. It's like, that might be part of the answer, but it's not the entire answer. Hmm. So there's something interesting that, that kind of, I thought of when you were talking about this, cause like you're, 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 you're bang on with, with what you're saying. And for me, I'm not sure about you, but for me, I, I can, I, I know if I've given somebody too much exercise or not, right? I can see their facial expressions. I can see their demeanor. I can, um, like, I can, I can, like, I look for signs of them being too fatigued or that they're going to puke or, or whatever, right? Like, like we can discern that really quick because we have that coach's eye. What I'm starting to figure out now as I coach uh, more people online. And as I coach people in the lifestyle space is I, I'm still shocked and amazed uh, in a, in a cool way, in a curious way that when I start to introduce certain habits in people's lives to change or kind of pivot around, I start to see their limiting belief systems come out. I start seeing a lot of their like uneasiness come out and it's almost like this part of themselves that they hate so much is, is coming out because they're being exposed, even though I'm not trying to expose that part of themselves. I think they themselves already have an insecurity and a vulnerability with certain aspects of their life, specifically in fitness, because they've never been successful with it. 
that there's a lot of stickiness that happens. There's a lot of like gross things that appear in their minds when I try to implement something like, hey, how about we try limiting your alcohol intake for the week? Or let's, you know, let's try going for a walk a couple times a week. Like I see a lot of like resistance to that because it, it confounds them with their current state of being, which is very comfortable. And we're a comfortable creature. We seek comfort. It's easy to be where we're at right now, even though like we're, we're unhappy or, or not fulfilled where we're at, at least we know what to expect. We're like, it's comfortable. It's very difficult to get into this unknown because even though we, we, we know that we're going to get better and we're going to find success, it's very uncomfortable to seek that. And so we, 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 we form this wall and resistance to simple things I found. Yeah. Well, if I can, there was a lot there. <laughs> yeah. I heard a lot. Um, let's start with firstly, um, how about we start with this, that stuckness, I guess, like that feeling of that, that they feel that they haven't been successful at fitness, you know, it's like, who are we to ever tell somebody else that they're stuck? And secondly, who are we to ever tell anybody else that they haven't been successful at fitness? All right. So we'll just leave that on the table Mm -hmm. and then we can invite in them coming to us and and describing to to us like hey i'm feeling stuck let's say they verbalize it's not something that we're projecting onto them they've told us this is how they feel or even that they haven't been successful in fitness before like they need help you know they're seeking they're reaching out for help it's a scary thing it's a it's a hard thing to do takes a lot of work and it's like even then even then Nobody has the right to tell somebody else that they're stuck or they haven't been successful in something because we don't have like the full picture, you know, like sometimes right when you're stuck with something is right when you succeed. You know, we hear it all the time. You see it in a fortune cookie, you read it in a, in a, in a philosophy book. Like it's something that's just so, um, I guess I don't even have a word for it, but it's just, it's something that I see a lot. I see in coaches that I talk to sometimes they'll be like, Oh, my client is, is stuck right now. And it triggers something in them. And and I've been in the same shoes too. It's like, Oh, a client is stuck. Like, did I do something wrong? But then that's where the U-turn comes into handy. Cause it's like, you can sit with yourself and ask yourself, okay, this stuckness that this client has, what's my relationship with it in myself? Hmm. Like, how do I feel about it when I'm stuck? Am I uncomfortable right now because I don't have, I haven't built a good relationship with my own stuckness. So when they're stuck, I'm even more uncomfortable, you know? So that's cool. Like, that's important to know. That's why this is a craft and a skill and it takes practice. Um, then also, I won't get into the like drinking thing. Like, I don't want to, I don't, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't get into that too much, but like, sometimes I look at that and I think of, you know, the respect I have for humans, how hard it is to be human most of the time. And like, I have respect for the things that some people might look at as like a, a pitfall in themselves or something. I'm like, no, you're resourceful. 
Like, yeah, okay, maybe you don't want to be drinking. So you're going to need to start knowing yourself a little bit more often so that you can realize why you're incorporating in this resource. Cause that's what it is. Alcohol is just a resource. Drugs, it's a resource. Meditation, it's a resource. Um, taking a bath, sensory deprivation. Those are all resources to reset and regulate ourselves when things are tough. You know, it's like a, it's like a firefighter trying to put out a fire. Like we're on fire and we need something to kind of just cool us off. Right. Mm -hmm. Does that land? Yeah, it does. Sometimes taking away the problem might not be the answer. Maybe they need, they need something else. I don't know what it is. It has to be something you'd have to decide on with them, but. So uh, I'm going to ask you a question because like, as you're talking, I'm kind of like thinking, and this is a really good conversation because it's like open, it's candid, it's, it's real, it's raw. Um, Real and raw. (laughs) Oh man. And I actually forgot what I was just going to ask you. Um, Oh, shit. Anyways, I, I, forgot, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Anyways, whatever. Uh, move on. Move on from that. Um, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. So it, it's weird, right? Because we're such a complex creature. There's there's so many moving parts to... We are the most complex thing. Right? So, like, so why do we expect as coaches in 2021 to provide the same type of fitness or coaching or exercise or diet nutrition program that is very superficially based. We're not really understanding the complexity of that individual in front of you. Ooh, this is the thing. People will build their business based on, well, okay. So some people build their business in good, in ways that work for them. And some people build their business in ways that don't work for them. But if you want to build your business in a way where it has a, like you, if you are your business, but not, not in a way that's like draining you, right? Like you have it set up in a way where it's scaling or it's, it's in a way where you can enjoy it, you know, um, for some people, they get enjoyment off of having like just a program that people can buy. They don't want to talk to people, you know, talking to people, it takes a lot of energy. So the, the higher quality, now we could argue what is a high quality service. You know, somebody might say, oh no, my service is high quality because I have this ebook for them and they go and they download it and they think that's high quality service. But then someone else might offer things like a Zoom call where you can log on and talk to your coach and like have that connection with them or see them in the gym. They're willing to meet you and and listen to what your wants and your needs are and guide you through a process. And you have a container set and the container looks something like context. What's the context? What are we doing here? Why are we here? Choice. Which way, which pathway feels best for us? get there and connection how can we do this together you know and it's this it's this subliminal thing but it's or maybe subliminal is not the right word but it's this thing that's happening and we're constantly doing it and it is a higher quality service in my opinion and I know for you too otherwise you would just have some book and call it a day and not be trying to figure out how to know yourself all the time and know other people so I guess that's just what I wanted to say about that uh so so if i hear you correctly you're you're trying to have this collaborative approach to coaching as opposed to saying 
I'm up here. I'm going to tell you what to do and you follow it blindly. You're more like, Hey, like, what do you need right now in your life? Is it yoga? Perhaps is it weight training? Is it no gym, but you want to go for a walk? Like it's, uh, it's almost like you're trying to collaborate with the individual in front of you to say like, what do you need in your life to be successful with? And, and what can you handle right now versus us having this like dogmatic uh, approach to fitness. It's like, you know, like even myself, right. It's like, I hate the, the traditional high intensity interval training type style of training. So I will impose my type of training on my clients when maybe they just enjoy the funness of what a high intensity training group class would provide for them. So like, who am I to say what they need in their life? I can give them suggestions and recommendations and give them maybe the background and the science as to what's optimal, but what really is optimal when you're working with individuals that are individuals? Yeah. And, and I heard what you were saying and my answer is yes. Like to all of that, I believe that in order to get the social engagement system active between me and another human, there has to be permission. There has to be choice. I ask you, Hey, may I respond to that? that instantly is going to make you more engaged. Like you've ever noticed when I speak like that, like how that it, it triggers a curiosity. It triggers a sense of like, because I don't want to waste my words. Mm -hmm. So when I speak, I ask for permission and then I can guarantee you nine out of 10 times that person's actually listening to what I'm saying versus if I just spoke. Okay. So it's the same thing with coaching. Like I could just give somebody a program that I think is going to benefit them in some way, but there is more engagement, more social engagement when I am making it with them. When we're laying out different pathways and we're able to decide together, hey, does this sound like something you want to try? You want some help with this? Yeah, things have been pretty hard, but we can try this out if you want. Or we can pin it and we can try this. Which one works for you? You know, it's all about the tone of voice, body language. That's what's so important. It's like, you also don't get that when you have some service that's online that you're just buying from. We, what is it? Like 90% of our communications are by something wild. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's something I'm still very much practicing and learning every day. Do, do you want to hear a funny story about that? Um, so, so last night, um, and even though I try not to um, answer my DMs after a certain time, I just end up texting people about business just because it's what I do. So I had a, I had a prospect send me a DM who's local from Windsor and she wanted to get some information about my services, what I offer. And we went back and forth for a good, like 20 minutes. And she, she goes to me, actually, at first I said to her, I said, do you want to just hop on a call sometime this week so we can actually chat about it as opposed to going through texting and then she goes, she goes, do you take in-person calls? Because I can't stand the Zoom. I'm a teacher and I hate doing the Zoom calls. It's just, and I'm like, duh. Yeah, like, why don't you just come in and we can converse face-to-face -face because you're going to get a different sense of the conversation. So to go back to the DMing, I was perceiving her questions as very um, like abrupt and rude. I didn't know if she was rude or not, 
but I had my own biases maybe because I was exhausted. I had a bad day yesterday. I wasn't myself. So, so my own mind was reading that message as rude and whatever. Meanwhile, I'm like, no, no, it's not. So the fact that like, we forget that we need more conversation face-to-face versus through texting can, can make the world a lot easier. I think, you know what I mean? Isn't that, is that like weird? How like I, yeah, it was just such a weird awakening. It's like, I knew that, but I'm like, we're so used to now, especially during this whole shit in the last two years, like everyone's just so quick to do the technology route. When in fact, I think humans now need more human interaction. Yeah, I mean, I think that we always did, you know, it's just um, there's something for your listeners that are coaches that are trying to grow their business, like reply with a video, reply Mm -hmm. with a voice note. It's going to come across so much better, you know, like be and yeah, like take it's always like going the extra mile, right? Like, I don't know about you, but uh I like to go the extra mile. You like to go the extra mile? Always. I go the extra two Always. miles. Like, I don't care what I'm doing. Like, if I'm scrubbing a floor, if I'm trying to build something I've never fucking built before, that scares the shit out of me. Like, you know, like, it just always go the extra mile. It's fun. And if the more you practice it, the more you'll do it when you're tired and you don't want to do it anymore. You know, it becomes, it becomes a habit. It be, yeah. It. it becomes yeah. part of you. Yeah. Now the, the extra mile, um, do you mean that if you go the extra mile, good things are going to come out from that? So like, if you go the distance, you go the extra mile, are you going to reach greater success? And you can define success however you'd like, right? People have their different definitions of success, but I'm, I'm going to use success as a blanket statement. Do you find that if you always go the extra mile, you end up farther in your success? Uh, you're asking me, I'm just posing the question out yeah. loud to anybody that wants to answer. And right now I'm it's trying just to take a little bit, I'm trying to take a little bit of a shift because I'm so used to getting people to turn back on themselves. So, okay. If you're asking me, um, cause it's something I've been practicing a lot. Like I want people to answer their own questions. Mm-hmm. I think they find, I think the, when someone asks you a question and they're, they're asking you, but you're able to get them to be like, Oh, well, is that true for you? And your experience and like get them to actually do the work on themselves and answer. It's so much more valuable than any answer I could give. Cause my answer is what's true for me, yeah. but what, what's true for some, what's true for whoever's listening. Like they'll have to sit with themselves and, and ask themselves that. But for me, in my experience, yes, always I, but I was also raised that way too. Like it was a point of like we talked about belief systems, like it's like built into me, like must always go the extra mile. Um, Especially when you're a kid and like, you want to please your parents and you want to be like a good kid. And that was something there was, there was two things that my dad always like instilled in me and seemed to be so important that I carried with me to this day. And that's one, be resilient. I would say, Sandra, be resilient. Well, that's something I've kind of gotten down nailed that one that's good helps with overall health uh, overall health like in life (laughs) when you're able to be resilient in situations it's very cool so thanks dad 
and then going the extra mile with everything, you know? He would always tell me, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you have the shittiest job or the best job. Like, make sure you always go the extra mile. And I'm sure he got that from Napoleon Hill, who got it from Andrew Carnegie, but, or from his own father when they're out fishing. But it's just, it's a good lesson to practice. It's a really good lesson because it allows you to maybe take a step back and assess how you do things. You know, like, do you rush things because you're so busy and overwhelmed? Do you take the time to, put your all into the task that you're currently so and like you said like whether you're washing the floors or if you are creating this mega business are you rushing it because you want to get to the next chapter or the next task that you got to complete or you'd like present and as you say are you um what's that word that we talked about last week um are you savoring oh savoring yeah yeah Right? I love that so much. Ooh, could we, would it be okay if we unpacked that a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Okay. Because you have coaches who listen to this. So this would be cool for them to practice. So like, okay, laying this out, you have your container with your client. So you have your context where when you're with your client, you're addressing like, why are we here? What are we doing here? You know, what's the intention? Context could be intention as well. Then you have your choice. Okay, here's different pathways. And this is where your craft and your skill as a coach comes in because to be able to have three to 10 different pathways to get to the same goal, like that takes experience. That takes embodied wisdom and experience. That only comes from doing it over and over again throughout the years. And then also connection. How, how can we do this together? Hmm. Or we're going to do this together. Uh, that's what they want to hear. And that's going to give like the social engagement. So within that container, there's a time and a place where clients are going to come to us with wins that they have. You know, they're going to feel safe enough to express wins and also losses. And that safety is important. And so savoring is when we create space to walk through and experience with our client that's had it. For example, I had a client who it was her first time in the gym in forever. She's gone to her gym at home. She's gone to her gym at work, but never to a commercial gym. And when she told me about it, I asked her, Hey, would you like to walk me through that experience? Does it feel okay if we create some space to walk through this together? And I know it's a different kind of language. It's a different tone of voice, you know, because you're not talking really, really fast. Like, Hey, do you want to do this together? You know? You have to be aware of yourself, right? You're creating some space for that person to walk through their experience and tell you all about it. Yeah, I was scared to go. I didn't know what people were going to think of me or my clothes or my weight, but I did it. I showed up for myself. And then they're able to really like savor and marinate in that win. And that does lead to overall well-being. So it's something we can all do a little bit more with ourselves, with our friends, with our partners, mm-hmm. with our you, clients. Do you think that with ourselves, sorry, yeah, yeah. always with ourselves, you know, do you think that people try to dismiss the savoring of negative events? They try to like say, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to bring it up. I don't want just because it brings on that negative emotion, but it seems like when you can, savor and unpack the negative situations of our life 
you tend to pull out a lot of like really good stuff out of it that make you think, Hey, like actually, that actually wasn't that bad. I actually did it. Like it, like it's almost empowering when you can go through a negative situation and savor it and then unpack all the, the good stuff that came out of it. Yeah. So what I hear when you say that is the more we know ourselves and it's a, it's a knowing, right? I laugh at myself now for having the tattoo, know thyself on my arm. I think it's hilarious because this was before I knew that this was a knowing it's not a no, you never know yourself. That's it. That's literally impossible. The instant you think, you know, yourself, like there's another U-turn you can take. So for as long as we live and breathe and are in this world, we can get to know ourselves and know our people that we work with. And so I think the better relationship you build with those parts in you that have like the negative, you know, connotation to them, like maybe they're parts that are exiled away. Maybe they're parts that are scary or they they're burdening or something like that the better relationship that you as a coach have with those parts, the more space you're going to be able to hold for someone else when they want to talk about that. Mm. And so that's, what's really cool about this work, about knowing yourself, getting to know yourself, getting to know your people. you can hold more space for people to show up however they want. All parts are welcome. You're welcome. However you are just come on in. Let's acknowledge how hard it must've been just to even show up how much you had to do today just to get here, just to get to the gym. Could we just acknowledge and appreciate and savor that? Cause that took work. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting topic because this past week, and since our, our chat last week, we talked about like savoring and right now, or even this past week, um, there's something in me that is very uncomfortable and I'm, I'm going into directions in my business that scare the living fuck out of me. And, and it's why, and it's why I talk so deeply about chasing fear. Cause for me, that's, that's what kind of like, that's what I resonate with. I, I resonate with the chase fear mentality, but let me tell you, like chasing it is the most, no pun intended, fearful thing that I've been doing because it brings on so many negative emotions and triggers and backstories to what I told myself 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, a month ago, yesterday, right? (laughs) And and I've been literally trying to sit with it and sort of unpack it with myself. And and even if if nothing comes out of it, it's almost like I've just meditated with it mm-hmm. and it is, right it yeah, is yeah. and like and I'm not allowing that fear to jeopardize my my wants in the future right like it's very easy to dismiss and say you know what maybe I'll just stay in this corner and and go in this direction because it's safer but I talk about it all the time it's like when you're chasing that fear good things always end up coming out of it because you end up realizing that oh like you're stronger you're more resilient and it empowers you to take on more and more challenges. And maybe for somebody chasing fear is like your client who went to the gym for the first time in a long time. That is her chasing that fear of the unknown, maybe people judging her, maybe not knowing what machines to use. But the more you practice that, maybe you end up in like 10 years chasing, I don't know, some fear that you have of 
wanting to own a mega company that has 600 employees. I don't know, whatever it is. But I think if you practice that, it becomes this like, you say it like the extra mile or if you, whatever, like whatever you practice, you end up becoming more competent in, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a really cool thing. And like, this is one thing that I try to get my coaching clients to understand. And this is the reason why I also stopped doing group fitness classes because I just saw it to be this like very superficial workout base, but there was like, even though we built a great community here and we had great interactions, it was still very superficial just because I like during a class, I'd be like, Hey, Cindy, how's it going? I'm good. You everything. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. It's like, it was just too quick for them to feel safe in a large group to really unpack what they're going through. And so like, I made a decision to say like, Hey, like maybe from a, economical standpoint, from a business standpoint, I may not be making that much money because I don't have all these groups coming in, but maybe I'm going to impact the people that want to be impacted a lot better because I'm able to sit with them and like unpack certain things with them. So it's, it's a, it's a really cool, interesting journey now. And I think more coaches need to adopt this. I think just because it, because listen, uh, unless you're working with like high level athletes that need you know, sets and reps and load meticulously programmed. The majority of us with general population need to unpack a lot more than just sets, reps, and deadlifting, right? Athletes need what we're talking about, but they're already programmed to do a certain thing. So I think a lot of coaches that work with Gen Pop like need to understand that. I, I think the most valuable thing you could ever ask a client is, what can I help you with versus saying, I want you to do this because maybe they don't want to do it. I said, yeah, a lot there. there's a, there's a, there's a shift there between giving somebody a pathway, just giving them something. So that'd be like compliance, right? If we wanted to break it down, it'd be like, if I'm giving you something to do and it wasn't something we decided together, there was no permission there's no building trust. There's no connection. It's just like, hey, this is it. That's you being compliant. There's limited social engagement with that. So the chances of them really enjoying it or following through on it, kind of low. But if it's something that they decided with you together, because you have that skill as a coach to be able to create that container where you go through your context you go through your choices and you tell them, Hey, we're going to do this together. You know, you connect and you're doing those three C's over and over and over again. And it becomes so, um, it becomes something that you do so often that they know what you're going to say next, but that's, that's important too, because that's safety. If they know what you're going to say next, Hey, we're going to do this together. If they know that, then they, they know you, they feel like they know you, they do, you have a relationship now and you're able to, to build and and create something good because well that's that's all i have to say to that i'm sorry no, no that's really it's good late. <laughs> now here's here's another i'm going to unpack this even further so you talked yeah. about us being the coach collaborating with our client to come up with a plan for them to take action on now do you find that 
and this is me speculating. I don't know if it's real or not. Do you think that some people, they themselves don't collaborate with themselves on their own life? See, there you go. You they just figured it out. They just take on these beliefs or careers or paths that they don't really want to take, but they just feel like this is just what you do. And they don't collaborate with, like, they don't savor and say, is this where I want to be? Possibly. I'm just speculating, right? I don't know if that's real or not, but, yeah. but, but like, I feel like, and, and I guess I'm speculating because I was sort of in that too, right? Like you take these paths thinking that this is what you want. And then and it always happens where like hindsight's always 2020. Like if you're out of a bad relationship, if you're out of a bad career or whatever it is, you always look back saying, man, I'm glad I'm, 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 I'm out of that. Like, man, like I should have seen it. Like I should have known, but I think people yeah. deep down inside, know they just don't want to face that because a lot of uncomfortable stuff can come out of it. Right. So like, if you know that you're in a bad relationship and you get out of it, there's repercussions on the other side. If you are in a bad career, but you have a family to support you quitting your job is not the greatest thing in, in, the, in that time. Right. So I can understand both sides to that. Yeah, me too. Definitely. I, I can, I can understand both sides too, but I think it's always good to get out of a bad relationship or get out of, um, you know, move, move into a place that's unknown and start embarking on territory that's unchartered. And that's what I literally do every single day. And some days it feels like I'm drowning. Some days it feels like I'm just fell off a cliff. Some days it feels like, oh, I thought I understood. And now there's this whole new dimension and I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do with all of this, you know? So that's why I like slower is faster, subtracting things, knowing when to add things, knowing when to subtract things, knowing when to push, knowing when to pull, because you got to be prepared. If you go, if you go too fast, too hard, you're on your skateboard, you're going down a hill, you're going to fall on your face. So. You know. And you and you better savor that if you fall on your face. Yeah, if you fall on your face, like, yep, yeah, definitely savor that. Savor the fuck out of that. Um, yeah. yeah, this is an interesting topic because not a lot of people, but like, so here's another question that I'm going to post to you and everybody else that's listening. Like, if if somebody doesn't know that they need to savor or that they need to change or get out of something like what what do you do as a human like do you think that we're always resourceful and we'll always find a way to survive obviously yes because our nervous system will allow us to survive but i i guess my, my question is like why are there so many seemingly unhappy people in this world but are they unhappy that's why i said seemingly right because because I, I don't know if they're unhappy but like like if you ask somebody, are you happy? Do you think people know how to answer that honestly? I think it depends on how safe they feel. I just did a podcast with Mohan and Vanessa a few weeks ago that just came out and I was listening back at the beginning of it. And I was like, so funny because even this work I've done, like noticing when I'm speaking from a part of myself or, or speaking from a place where it's more like, there's more connection and clarity and calm and curiosity. Like 
if you don't feel safe enough to tell somebody whether you're happy or not, you're not going to Hmm. answer correctly. So that's my answer to that. It always comes down to safety. And then, um, I think people, I think being human, like it's, it's difficult, it's complex, but it doesn't have to be. And the more that we look at ourselves and do the inward work and do the inward reps, however, that shows up, however, somebody wants to do it. There's literally millions of ways to do it. Like you can pick your way, but just so that you can make a U-turn when something triggers you, when someone does something to you, when someone betrays you, when someone hurts you in some way, instead of like using them as a, a way to lash out or express some kind of behavior that you don't like in yourself. Like instead taking that, that inward look and looking at yourself in the mirror and pointing at yourself in the mirror and being like, hmm, like, why did I pick that relationship? Why did I let that person stick around and treat me that way? You know, the, you find, you don't want to ask yourself that question especially if you think you've gotten yourself to a point where you have self-respect or self-worth and then you're like, oh damn, maybe I missed something. Then you got to go back in and you got to figure that out. So it's like, there's, it's a lot of work, but it's fun. It's exciting. It's like, you get to be your own little pioneer, your own little adventurer. You know, I go on adventures all the time inside myself. That's so cool because you, but like you, but you're taking ownership of yourself and not many people want to take ownership because again, like it is a scary thing, especially if you've done some, like if you've been in like not the greatest relationships and you keep kind of bouncing here and there with different career choices or, or whatever it is that, 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 that happens. It's hard to take autonomy over yourself and, and try to explore within that because I don't know, like, is it an ego thing? Is it a, preservation thing is it a survival thing where we try to like not touch on that aspect of ourselves because I don't know like yeah I get what you're saying but I've literally dropped worrying about or even just mentioning like what anybody else is doing like whether or not they're doing the work or not I always just assume they're doing it in their own way because the more respect I have for my system and the way it's set up, the more respect I have for literally every single human. Like just the fact that they showed up and are doing something. Like they're doing something. And it's not my place to say whether that's enough or not. And maybe they're not, maybe they're just beginning their journey. So maybe for them, showing up is the first part of them going the extra mile or chasing fear, whatever you want to call it. And they'll catch up with being fully, you know. Like embodying something, you mean? Like when they're missing that embodiment of like wisdom or that embodiment of love or that embodiment of kindness, like that self energy I speak of. It's Well, the best thing I think in, in our case as coaches and as humans is to create space for other people to just show up however they want. And for us to all get curious about each other. So like dropping, telling people why they are the way they are, how they are the way they are, like just dropping all of that and being like, hey, I'm curious about you. That part right there, that seems hard. I'm curious. Can we create some space to to talk about that part, get to know that part in, in relationships, in friendships, in family, 
at the dinner table, whatever, just getting more curious about each other and having conversations with each other instead of trying to judge or tell somebody who they are. <laughs> it's the and funniest it, thing ever. I think it's hilarious, like telling somebody else who they are. Like, what so, kind of part are we speaking from there? Because it's not a curious one. But it's so <laughs> I've easy. I've done it. Exactly. It's so easy yeah. to judge. It's so easy to tell. It's so easy to sit on it's your high and mighty easy. horse and say, these people don't have a figure. I'm better than everybody else because I got to figure it out. I got to fuck all figured out. Um, yeah, you nobody know, has it figured so, out. Uh, figure what out? <laughs> do you, now, now he, he, here's a question for you and, and answer this yes or no if you want. But do you find that people see you as a coach who, you know, is into fitness? You found success with fitness. You know, like you're good at fitness you're a great coach do you find that people look at that and say she's got to figure it out she's got it all figured out just because right so and i ask that because like sometimes i'll get my clients saying something to me and and like oh show off like if i pick up a weight because i'm trying to give them the way like i pick it up or or whatever right they're like oh show off i'm like listen i go the only thing i'm good at in this world is picking up weights the rest of my life I'm a complete disaster and like, like I'm a disaster, but like, you're just seeing me where I shine, where I'm really good. So do you find that people see, see those that are successful with their fitness, whether they're physique competitors, whether they're trainers or whatever, that's like, oh, they must have life figured out because they got their health and fitness figured out. You know, what's so funny about that? <clears throat> We're talking about U-turns here. It's like, once you drop away, the fitness, you know, like, let's say if you, cause the last thing I heard from you was like a competitor, right? So let's take like a bikini competitor or a physique competitor or a power lifter, even somebody that like, that's like their domain. That's what they're really into. They're really focused on that. It's like, cool. So in my experience and also in with other conversations I've had with humans, when they drop that away, that identity around their competitions or even just doing it, they then have space to slow down and look at where are the other parts of my life that are complete fucking mess, you know, and then they get to kind of start cleaning that up because we can't be perfect. You know, we can't be good at everything. We could try. <laughs> I'm sure we have parts that'll try, you know, they want to, they want to be, um, uh, able to do everything, but, um, yeah. So I guess that's my answer to you. It's like, sure. People from the outside looking in on somebody that has a nice physique could think that the rest of their life is together, but what if it's not the case? What if they have a nice physique, but the rest of their life is a mess. And that's the only thing that's together. And then, so what do people notice sometimes when they're on their journey and they start getting a better physique, they've let other parts of their life go, or they've started to improve other parts of their life. Right. So, so then that's why this is like ways. a path. That's why there has to be choice and permission and trust. And these things need to be built in a safe container between two people so that they can get where they want to go. And, and each time they get somewhere or closer, it's like, okay, then there's another star behind that. Ah, I thought I wanted this. Now let's chase this. Wait, this is falling away. Maybe we subtract this. And it's like having that person there to kind of talk to you and, and guide you in a way where it's guiding you back to yourself so that you can lead yourself in your life. 
And that's empowering. That's the most empowering. Not having a nice ass. There's nothing empowering about that. That's just a thing. What's empowering is the way you showed up for yourself every single day and that competency you displayed and how much you value your health that you went to the gym. You know, like it's so peeling back the layers that way. So uh, I, I often, so I don't know if I cut you off. Sorry. No, no, oh. you're good. So I, you off, you, you hear this as well. And I often hear it's like, you hear coaches say, my goal with my client is to teach them how to work out. So that way, when they're not with me, they're successful and they can go to the gym themselves and, and be successful with their fitness. What I'm hearing you say, and this is you going the extra mile saying, fuck the fitness thing. But yeah, I'll teach them that. But what you're trying to teach them is how to live their life the way they want it. Yes. Not, not they know how to do a lot pull on machine when you're not with them. It's yeah, they'll learn that, but they're also going to learn how to collaborate with themselves. Right. The more we do that, that U-turn, we're building something there. We're building our capacity to be able to look at ourselves and turn inwardly and inwardly. And it's building a new relationship with whatever we want to explore, whatever we're curious about. And from there, you trust yourself more to lead yourself in your life. And it's not to say that you wouldn't want a coach. It's like, of course, you'd want a, a coach because you wouldn't like what? Then they're going to have to go and learn how to be a coach and, and learn biomechanics and learn all that stuff. Like, it's probably just easier for them to, to call you, Mike, and have yeah. you put them through a workout and give them some choices and some plans and be like, hey, you know, I hear what you've been doing is pretty hard. You want to try this out? Or maybe if this doesn't work, do you want to you want to explore this? Which one seems best for you here and now? Oh, okay. This way. Sure. We'll try this way out a little bit for a little while and we'll do it together. We'll check in on that. Okay, so, cool. So for them, right. it's a lot, it's a lot easier to hire a coach to show them the way, as long as it's done in this sort of collaborative way versus them having to get a degree, get a certification, learn about mechanics, take a prescript course and do all like the stuff that we've done. It's for them it's easier for them to just hire a coach to help assist in that is what you're saying. I don't know, because that's the thing. Sometimes it's the hardest thing in the world for somebody to reach out to someone else. Like just imagine, you know, yourself in someone else's shoes, not having the skills or not even not having the skills, just not having that safety to reach out to someone else and be like, Hey, I really need help with this. That's a scary thing by itself. Hey, I want to get fit. Just by that reach, I put my arm out here. Like I'm reaching, like, please like help me. You could say no, it's a scary thing. And so some people don't even ever reach out. That's why they possibly prefer some program that they just had to go just click and they never even had to deal with a person or talk to a person, you know, because it's scary. And on the other side, how many coaches don't ask if a certain prospect needs help because yeah. of that same scary sort of like reject. Right. And that's your own bias and insecurities coming out saying, I don't want to get rejected. Right. So right. People, humans have this tendency not to want to be rejected. I love uh, getting rejected. I do. I love it. It doesn't happen to me enough. I wish it happened <laughs> to me all the time. <laughs> and when it does happen, 
Whew, my God, gives me like a good year of work on myself to do. Like I swear, I, I'm just gonna keep. It's literally amazing. I'm just, I'm just gonna keep saying no to you every time. I'm like, <laughs> like no. I'll probably stop talking to you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, yeah, this is such a really cool topic because again, like I, I've always. I've always treated humans like humans and clients like humans first and foremost, but I've never kind of heard it in this type of way, right? It's a really cool, interesting perspective to take on. Um, and I think, like, I think the collaborative approach is really cool. Yeah. And, I'm, and, my, and my wheels are spinning to see like how I can implement that into my, into my clients and stuff. Context, choice, connection, the three C's. You can literally right. practice it from today till the day you stop doing this. So let's, let's talk. Okay. So let's unpack all three of those C's. So context, there's no way we're going to be able to unpack all three of those C's like in, in depth, but we can kind of unpack just, it a little bit, just a little bit, like, like give me context about context. Like, 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 what do you mean by when you say context? What are we doing here? Why are we here? Uh, Does that land or no? Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, light bulb. Perfect. That works. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, uh, the second choice. one, choice. Choice. Self-explanatory, right? Like, what do you feel you need in your life kind of thing? Is that what you're asking? Like, are you asking them what, like, are, are you giving them ownership to tell you what they think they need? Choice is usually from my end as a coach. If, if they've come to me, and they have an idea on how they'd like to get to a goal, of course, I'm going to hear it out. And we'll see based on my experience and how it's landing for me. Like if I can, if it's a want or it's a need, right? We're discerning, like, is it a want? Is it a need? Is it going to be helpful towards the goal or not? And if not, then maybe there's some more work we need to do. But to answer your question, it's like whether it's being proposed by the client or it's being proposed by me, the choice is there for the social engagement to be lit up. Oh, you're asking me if I want to choose this pathway. You're not telling me I need to be some just compliant chick that just listens to you. And then I'm going to get a nice butt. You mean we're going to do this together? Huh? Okay. Yeah. All right. Feels a little weird, but we're going to try it out. Yeah. And then con connect would be, we're going to do this together. How can we do, how can we do this together? You know, the how triggers the emotional part of the brain. It's like, how can we do this together? Yeah. So, so really it's like, if you look at it the way most coaches do it, maybe it's almost like when you're telling somebody to do something, there's a different power dynamic. It's almost like an abusive relationship <laughs> and, and coaches have this weird, like, or, or people have this weird perception of trainers being like, you know, the typical megaphone boot camp. And so they're like, like, give me 10 more, you know, give me 50 more pushups or whatever it is. And like, that's such a weird power dynamic that I don't want to be portrayed as like, I don't want people thinking that I'm a like power hungry trainer who wants to see people like, and I often get like, Oh, you, like you're sadistic or whatever. Right. Like, like most coaches will get that because we quote unquote, like to inflict pain on people. But like, that's not what I, that's not like, I don't get fulfillment off of doing that. Yeah. So I don't know. Some people might, but it really just comes down to who, like, for me, it's like, who cares what everyone else is doing? Like, honestly, it's like the work you do on yourself is 
so important because even if you or the listener that's listening to this doesn't believe that they are a gift to this world, right? Like for me, I like, I won't get too deep, but like for me to think that I am a gift to this world, that's probably just not going to happen. What feels better for my system is thinking I have gifts I can give to this world. That lands for me in a better way than um, this gift to this world. Because you, some people can think they are a gift to this world and it's in an authentic way. It's not in a way that's- Conceited. Um, yeah, conceited or however it's portrayed. Like they, they're just embodying their wisdom. They're embodying their love. They're embodying their experience and they're sharing their gifts with the world. So for me, I like to think, okay, I have gifts. I have skills. I can work on these skills. I can grow deep roots for these skills. And I can share that with the world through grace, through choice. And, and that's something I can do. And it's a lot better than not doing this work and not, and hiding, you know, and not healing um, things that need to be healed, you know? Like, I just, I think it's nice when we can all just honor each other however we show up, like however somebody is, whatever stage they're in, just honoring that, acknowledging that, getting curious about them, not telling them who they are or why they are the way they are. How do we know? We're figuring ourselves out. You most, know? Like me included, but most coaches and me included have no idea who, like what, what's going on with, with us, right? Like how, how many coaches already have different belief systems and vulnerabilities and insecurities? It, like, why were like, if I think of why I became a trainer is, it's because I was chubby. I was bullied. Uh, I was made fun of cause I was, you know, heavier growing up. So I instinctively went into sports and fitness and working out because I wanted to not be chubby. Right. So like, here's me now at 35, who's kind of like still has that inner child in me. Well, the inner child, yeah, doesn't, go away we've kind of talked about this but I think we could leave IFS for another podcast yeah I wanted to leave like anything deeper than this to some other topic of conversation because I can go like from freaking zero to a hundred really quickly and people are going to be like whoa I was not prepared for that so let's just leave this as coaching yeah I you know this is some pretty good information for any coaches that want to learn how to build containers with their clients. It's something you literally can practice the rest of your life and still suck at. So go right ahead. Yeah. And you'll still have work to do. That That's such a really good outlook on it. Um, do, do you want to add anything else to this or, or do you want to leave it at this for, for this episode? And then we can reconvene on, on the IFS in another episode. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This was great. So it the, was an this, honor. This, it was a good talk. This yeah. was really good. Um, so if somebody <laughs> wants to work with you or wants to learn more about you or wants to just follow you, like wh- where do you want people to find you? Yeah, they can go to my profile or own it fitness. So on IG. Own it. it is, so it's own it fitness community. Is there any underscores in there? Oh yeah. Say, say the whole thing because people are going to be like, I can't find it. Just put it in the show note thing if you want uh, to. Yeah, of course I will. Yeah, of course I will. Alessandra, this is great. <laughs>
choice right there. I'm yeah. always practicing. I practice on everyone all the time. I do it. Can, can we right. make some space for this? Hold on a second. Can we make some space? <laughs> can we make some space? Exactly. Uh, no, thank you so much for, yeah. for coming on. Uh, this was a really good conversation. I think we need to kind of like unpack more of this uh, in another episode with IFS and all that other stuff. But um, but yeah, you've been listening to episode three of Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Michael Patella, owner and founder of Common. I was joined by Alessandra. She is a gem of this world. And uh, I'm excited to see the future that you you have going on for yourself and, and in this community and all that stuff. So anyways, you guys can catch us on Spotify. Uh, this episode will only be on Spotify, not YouTube, because we had to do uh, a Zoom call and I didn't have my camera set up. So you will catch this on Spotify uh, in the next actually next Thursday, you're going to catch it. So a week from today or today, because you're listening to it today. So like you're listening it to today <laughs> on Spotify. Anyways, uh, much love. Keep raging. Peace. <laughs>